Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope you're all doing well. As always, uh, do check out my content every day or every other day. Um, it's always a good one. Uh, or I'm almost trying to bring out some interesting things to talk about. Obviously, the NFL freaks the heating up. I'll be talking about that as well, but I will try to get into other things as well that are happening across sports. Um, my YouTube channel's work in progress, so um, definitely check out that as well. If you can, we'd appreciate it. So, in today's episode, I'm getting a couple of things. I'm going to start off by talking about March Madness, which is on the way uh, this Thursday. And then get into some of the latest NFL free agency news. Um, some really interesting signings and... Uh, uh, you know what it all means for these uh, these teams ahead of the NFL draft. It's going to be really unique to see what else transpires uh, along the free agency this week. So March Madness is officially back. Uh, it's been a full year, um, you know, with the pandemic, and you know, last year we weren't able to have the March Madness tournament due to just uh, you know. COVID and all the you know, reasons for the safety and players and all that. And it was really a, an important decision that the NCC had to make that should cancel the tournament um, because everything was just still going on at that time. Obviously, the vaccine was just not, uh, it was just, you know, just had happened and a lot of things were like, or, you know, COVID just had started and a lot of sports had to really adjust themselves to postpone things and restart things and so it's been a long road for all these players all these teams um, who really battled through a really uh, you know tough uh, tough year I mean a lot of teams a lot of players a lot of coaches on the men's side and women's side I mean really went through a lot a lot of teams had to play um, you know reschedule games uh, you know they had to make adjustments traveling go through testing there was a lot of challenges um in this year's uh, season of college basketball but throughout all of it i mean everybody kept a great attitude about it uh knowing that you know gonna be able to get to this point and now we're here march madness is officially back and even though it won't have the usual like atmosphere of fans it's still going to be unique to see all these schools get an opportunity to play I'm in the tournament, which a lot of teams were really looking forward to last year, and uh, they've really worked hard for this moment. Uh, a lot of people can be applauded for just the way they persevere through the, the whole year, dealing with the you know COVID and the cases and things like that. And a lot of schools are are now looking forward to really giving it their all um, and giving the uh, fans at home um, some really great basketball ahead. Now, when I look at it uh, for the March Madness tournament, uh, on the men's side, Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan are your number one seeds in the tournament. Uh, and obviously, they have all favorable uh, matchups in the first round. So I expect all four of these teams to win their first game when the round of 64 begins um, after the, you know, after the first four. Um, yeah, I expect these these seeds to get past their first round, first matchup, uh, fairly easy. 
Although we know that upsets are going to happen in the March Madness tournament, and I am one who always fills out a bracket uh, just because I just like doing it. I have an interest in college basketball when it comes to this time, and it's always fun to make picks and look at the experts and like make your own selections. And hey, so, so, for, so, most of the years that I've done it, I've come pretty close to getting a perfect one. Um, and some I've had to adjust, but it's always a fun thing to do because all these teams have a great opportunity to like make a make a run at it. And it's not always the favorites that that end up winning the championship, so that is always in question as well as get to the lead eight to the final four. Any team that's really on a hot run can get it going. Now the first four games are happening this Thursday. The final four will be held on April third, and the championship game will be held April fifth. Uh, Rutgers basketball made it and that was pretty significant because we know that they've been trying to you know, make some waves for a while and they have an early test against Clemson uh, which I hope they're able to win but it's nice that Rutgers, Rutgers the men's basketball team was able to make it to the NCAA tournament um, they obviously had a good season and them being in itself is really nice uh, in itself uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be uh, interesting um, this tournament. I think that Alabama is a team that, um, now we know Alabama is great in college football, I mean dominant um, over the years, but the Alabama you know, basketball team this year has been really good and they could really surprise a lot of teams this year. So they're a team that I have my eyes on because they have been playing really, really well, and obviously they play in the SEC, uh, where you know that conference isn't viewed as strongly as the ACC or the Big 12 or the other ones um, in terms of basketball. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what exactly happens. Uh, with Alabama, but they could really bust a lot of people's brackets this year. Um, you know, that remains to be seen. Now, this past weekend, there was a lot of conference tournament action, and a lot of teams just really looked good, just finished strong, like Texas finished strong. Um, that was really nice to see. Oklahoma State had a good showing as, as well. Kate Cunningham and that team really looked solid. They upset Baylor. Um, in the conference tournament like play so I mean there's some teams that are really are rising and getting better and better uh, and a lot of finished strong and one of the teams I had mentioned the last week that really need to step it up was Ohio State and Ohio State was able to play much better as of late in the conference tournament knocking off Michigan and winning some games in overtime uh, they, I think they beat Iowa and Michigan if, if I'm not mistaken so Ohio State uh, kind of recaptured some of their like intensity and focus they needed for the tournament um, and you know that was really good to see Houston is a team that is pretty good as well and you know Gonzaga Baylor Illinois are like the teams that are the favorites uh, especially Gonzaga because they just have been so great uh, all season long um, but like I said Houston Texas uh, Houston and Texas Longhorns. There are a couple of teams here that 
uh, could really do then Alabama's also another team like I said Arkansas is a good team as well there are a lot of sneaky good teams that could really go on a big run this year um, and I think they're gonna surprise a lot of teams um, you know comes down to the matchups and everything like that but some teams really sustain good momentum um, and that's the most important thing. You want to have momentum. You're going to have focus going to the tournament. How about Georgetown? Georgetown, the Georgetown Hoyas. Um, and, you know, Patrick Ewing, head coach, uh, won the Big East title. Uh, and they, you know, it's nice to see, see them get, get that uh, win over Creighton this past week. And Georgetown's a team that could really surprise as well. They're really well coached and they have the ability to take down top teams. Um, so that's going to be unique in itself. And then Florida State is a team that has been also doing pretty well, and they could also make a big run in the tournament, um, you know, depending on the matchup. But they've been looking uh, pretty good as well in the ACC. So um, overall, I look at the whole bracket and just my early thoughts on it. Um, Villanova is a team that, could be in some trouble in the first round, their first game, um, but it remains to be seen how well those things are going to go, and, you know, Loyola Chicago is also in the mix, as I said, they are a team that could really make a run as well this year, so, I mean, the bracket itself, there's a lot of great matchups, I mean, there's a lot of good stories, a lot of these players are going to really emerge and do well, I think Kansas is a team that's going to be able to surprise some people. Um, Oklahoma, I think, may go down early on in the tournament. Uh, maybe not right away, but at least to some extent. You know, so I think there could be a couple of surprises in the first round. Um, it, it all comes down to, like, which kind of matchups are most favorable. And I think... A lot of upsets don't really happen in the very first like round. Usually the second or the third round is where like most of the things happen. And so um, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, I'm not going to make any predictions right now until I see more of the, more of the field. Um, but I do like uh, the teams that um, are in the top 10, obviously. Uh, I would love to see... If, if I had to make a prediction right now, which two teams I would like to see in the tournament, in the, in the you know, in the in the final, uh, I would like to see Gonzaga and Illinois. I think Illinois um, is really formidable, and Gonzaga they can keep up their undefeated streak of games. It'd be great. Um, but I really would like to see that matchup because I think a lot of uh, good storylines, a lot of good things can happen from that matchup. So. Those are two teams that I ideally want to see in the March Madness Tournament Championship. But uh, like I said, the chaos is just going to get started. And I can't wait to break down some of the games that will like be happening and, and go into like some of the top seeds as well. So looking forward to that. As for the you know women's March Madness bracket, uh, that's also going to be uh, a really good one. Um, now I had mentioned like UConn. Um, you know, not having the same kind of talent as they've had in years past. But they are a number one seed along with Stanford, North Carolina State, and South Carolina. 
Uh, they were all awarded number one seats in the in the Women's March Madness tournament. And so UConn is still a great program. Uh, obviously, they have a young group, um, and so they could potentially do well. But I think this bracket for the Women's March Madness tournament is, is more open. It's like a lot of teams have a chance to win it. Um, most of the games are going to be played in San Antonio, Texas, which this is what the w, uh, you know the women's uh, you know, college basketball decided as a, as the venue. And a lot of schools have looked pretty good. I'm excited to see how South Carolina looks. I think South Carolina uh, really was looking great last year as well. They didn't get a chance to really like show what they got. But with Don Staley as their head coach, like I'm excited to see what South Carolina does. I think they have a really experienced group, a lot of good players um, that are are prepared for this moment, and I think they're going to do well. Baylor is technically the defending champions from. You know, a year or two ago, I think they are uh, so great at what they do. Uh, they are very formidable in their own right. And so, you know, they are a nice story. Stanford has always been like first class. I mean, their program has always been uh, right there with Coach Tara Van Deer, like right there at the mix of everything. So, uh, there's a lot of good teams this year. Um, and just looking at it, I mean, North Carolina State is a team that could like surprise people this year, obviously with their play. Uh, you know, I think ideally, like the matchup that I would like to see, just because you know, two of the top teams, um, Stanford and Baylor. I mean, that would be one of my matches I would like to see, or I'd like to see South Carolina and Stanford. Like, I do want to see some of the best coaches in uh, women's college basketball to go at it um, a lot of these players are going to really obviously make their impression for the WNBA draft the same goes for the, the men's side of the tournament um, a lot of players are going to get a good opportunity to really like put on a show show they got and really help their chances um, in getting drafted um, so it's going to be special I think um, a lot to look forward to for the March Madness tournaments. Uh, it's much needed after a long year of wait. Um, I just really hope that a lot of schools are able to still continue to follow safety protocols and testing. Now, head coach Yuno, uh, Gino Oriyama for the UConn Huskies um, may miss the first game for the for UConn in the, in the, in the tournament. The most important thing is that all these games that are going to happen, we just have to keep our hopes up and, and that every all these players all these teams just are able to do well uh, be able to play basketball get through the testing just pray there's not too many COVID cases and teams I, I just don't want to see a situation where teams have to forfeit a game because of their um, you know because of, of testing and just the protocols and stuff I just really hope that the March Madness tournament has contingencies in place um, they are able to just, you know, provide the good resources that they can. Um, I really want to see all these players, all these teams have a fair shot of at least playing in the March Madness tournament. So it's going to be a very challenging thing for the NCCA. Um, obviously, we know that for the men's side, they're having everything in Indiana and like Multiple venues for everything, so I just really hope that all the all the games go off great. 
that we don't get too many like newses of cases and, and teams having to like you know forfeit a game I, I just don't want to see that I, I but like I said safety and health is important for these players and a lot of these teams so we're gonna have a March Madness tournament for the men and women's side college basketball uh, it's gonna it's gonna happen all the way through um, and just hopefully along the way that a lot of these players a lot of these coaches so these teams are able just to have a nice time, be able to play good basketball, and give us like, um, you know, give us a great experience in, in, in a unique way. And like I said, I'm rooting for all these players, all these coaches to uh, do well. I really hope that they give us a great basketball and they're able to like uh, enjoy these moments because some of these players are seniors and they'll be going to the WNBA or the NBA after this. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of players finish strong, have a chance to really lead their teams to like some great victories and, and make their mark on their road to the Final Four uh, in March Madness. So in this segment, I want to do my first recap of NFL Free Agency 2021. Now, I did talk about some of the moves yesterday, um, and things have only continued to kind of escalate in a good way, although in the NFL, as a number of teams are making moves, getting players signed up, um, and, you know, it's a really important time for a lot of these teams to keep the players, to make good decisions, you know, and it's all about getting to the salary cap and making your team better. So there's a lot of moves that went down um, since we last spoke yesterday, and so I'm going to get into most of them right now. Um, I'll start off by talking about the Chiefs and the Chargers. Uh, both teams invested in the O-line as the Chargers... Um, are getting uh, Lindsley the center from Green Bay uh, making him the highest paid I believe at that position and the Chargers definitely need to address their offensive line for sure obviously because it's been something that has just like the Chiefs has been struggling wasn't at his best last year um Although I think the Chargers uh, should have prioritized Hunter Henry a little bit more um, because Hunter Henry is now joining uh, John U. Smith in New England. And speak about the Patriots, I mean, they pretty much loading up on tight ends with Smith and uh, Henry now, along with Aguilar. Very interesting, um, you know, the Patriots. Uh, the kind of moves they made, but you know, the, the you know the Chargers definitely need someone who can give them a really good solid play. And like I said, Herbert is their future. And like I said, sometimes the offensive line is really overlooked in the NFL, and you got to be able to build and have you know good guys up front to protect your quarterback, but also to be able to open up the running game. And I think the Chargers made a good move. They may have overpaid quite a bit, a little bit for Lindsley, but. They got the guy, and now we're going to see how they go about filling this roster 
the necessary uh, resources around Herbert. The Chiefs definitely needed to get an offensive line. They got Joe Thunney, I think is his name, for uh, you know, a five-year, $80 million deal. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs were looking to uh, you know, improve their offensive line after releasing their two tackles, Fisher and Schwartz. Um, and Joe Thunney has been really good in New England for a number of years. Uh, it's a significant move because, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the future. He is an investment that the Chiefs made. And they restructured a lot of things around to make it happen. But the Chiefs' offensive line has been through a lot this past year. It really showed up in the Super Bowl, to be honest, which is why they had to make, make a move. Uh, this season, the Chiefs use a lot of different combinations offensive line-wise. And a lot of guys weren't able to do that well, struggled with their performance. As a result, you know, Mahomes was kind of running for his life a lot, um, especially against the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. So Joe Tani brings a level of um, stability. He's going to really do a good job along with Eric Bohinami and Andy Reid there. Uh, this offensive line will find a way. It will be a new offensive line for sure, and it will be probably much better that Mahomes has had in recent times, which is a big thing for him, knowing the way that he plays and their style they want to run in Kansas City. Uh, they got to have a good play up front, and this is the start of that. So uh, that's a good move for the you know the Chiefs, and I think the Chargers obviously made the right decision as well with their decision of, of getting uh, Lindsley the center. Now another big time or pretty good signing I would say is you know Yannick Nagake heading to the Las Vegas Raiders on a two year deal as I had mentioned before the Raiders defense hasn't been at a top level for a long time um, and if they ever want to compete in that division along with the Chargers and the Broncos and the Chiefs uh, they had to make a move to improve their pass rush because Ever since Khalil Mack, they traded or let go, whatever, I forget what it was now, but uh, whatever they did in you know, trading Khalil Mack, it was a big mistake because their pass rush really dropped off significantly and they definitely weren't able to do that good enough last year. So Nagake has a chance now to really prove himself. Now this is his fourth team, um, which is a little bit concerning because of how many teams he's been on, but early in his career. This is a chance for him to really, like, turn it around, uh, really be a good player for the Raiders and restore his kind of, like, value. So it's a good signing for the Raiders. They need, obviously, to address more defensive needs um, than just pass rusher. But this is a good start for the Raiders because, like I said, their defense hasn't been the best at times, and they were definitely lacking in the pass rushing department. So that was a move that they had to get done and they should definitely continue to make more moves um, you know on both sides of the ball but defensively they got to get better if they want to compete in the AFC now another big time move for agency was the Tennessee Titans Tennessee Titans signing linebacker Bud Dupree from the Pittsburgh Steelers I think he's getting five years 85 million now Bud Dupree is coming off an injury uh, ACL injury with the Steelers. Uh, Bud Dupree has been a pretty good player. He was really emerging as one of those like really good linebackers along Devin Bush. 
Uh, but now here he gets a chance to play with Mike Rabel and that Tennessee Titans defense. And Tennessee also added like a defensive lineman, Danico Autry, as well to their pass rush. So Dupree and Autry are going to bring Tennessee a little more like, you know, strongness up front. Because I think for for a while now, you saw like Mike Vrabel just really trying to scheme things. And this defense was, was good at times, but they really lacked getting to the quarterback. I think they only had like 25 sacks last year or 19 sacks last year. Um, and so Tennessee's definitely got to do a better job pass rushing the quarterback um, because they weren't doing it so well. They were relying too much on their on their, their corners and their secondary to bail them out. So Dupree gets a chance to be a leader on this team, to work with Mike Rabel, who's, you know, who play a linebacker himself, you know. So Tennessee made, made a good move here. I mean, they had to bolster their defensive, uh, you know, corps here and with the division you know that they're in I mean we know how the how the Colts have been with Darius Leonard uh, so but Dupree gets a chance now to like really shine and play a lot more and be productive in this defense and it's going to be on Vrabel to really get these guys to to do, do really really well because they have potential they're you know they're getting there so uh, it's, a, it's a good move for Tennessee as they really want to get back to the, to the postseason and, and make it, you know, make it happen this time. So, uh, I mean, they were, you know, there, but like in terms of getting back to the point where they could contend for a Super Bowl, their defense that definitely needs some reinforcements. So that was a really good move as well. The New York Jets made a couple of big moves um, in free agency. They signed Corey Davis to a three-year, $37.5 million deal. Uh, Corey Davis is a decent wide receiver. He's got some good speed. Now, obviously, A.J. Brown kind of emerged and took over that number one spot. But Corey Davis is a nice, solid player. The Jets do need some kind of size. And, you know, Davis may not be, like, the flashy kind of name. Um, you know, but he is able to catch the ball, make things happen. He had a career year last year, uh, you know, with you know, a lot of touchdown receptions and just being able to get open. And so the Jets have, you know, Denzel Mims there along with, you know, Corey Davis. It's a, it's a formidable group there, at least much better than what they had last year. Um, he's only 28, you know, and he can be effective. He can be effective. Um... And like I said, it's going to depend on the quarterback, obviously, in New York. But solid player, uh, you know, going to get more of a chance to shine. And he's definitely going to make that offense much better. Because the Jets, if they're looking at it right now, like, in the AFC East, like, the Patriots are loading up on offense. Okay, the Miami Dolphins plan to do the same thing. Uh, we know the Buffalo Bills are already trying to do that as well. So the Jets have to keep up offensively. Uh, and Joe Douglas made a good decision by getting a wide receiver. Although I think they will probably try to pursue one more wide receiver, maybe potentially if it comes to be. I mean, I I, I still think that Juju Smith-Schuster is someone that they have to uh, try to see if they can get him. I mean, I, it's going to be a little bit tough, but I think they have it. They have a chance to maybe get him. Maybe they, they need to get him in the mix as well. That would also be a good fit. Um, they also signed uh, Shaq. I said Shaq Lawson. 
they signed Carl Lawson uh, to a three-year, $45 million deal. Defensive end out of Cincinnati. Uh, like I said, the Bengals were, you know, on the Bengals, he was one of those lone bright spots on the defensive side of the ball. Really nice player. Can get, definitely get to the quarterback. Um, he's going to help set the edge along with Quinton Williams there for the, for the Jets defense and Robert Sala. Um, so it's going to be... It's going to be a, a good chance for Lawson to really emerge and, and be productive. Obviously, playing with a great uh, defensive mind like Robert Sala is, um, I think that you know with Quinton Williams being there and with him on the other side, I think the Jets will have a much better chance of getting to the quarterback. And like I said, the Jets were really good, um, you know, a long time back when they had like someone like Calvin Pace and and you know Harris. You know, they had. And when they had like Rex Ryan there as their you know coach, even though you know he wasn't the best coach, like they had a good defense. So, I mean, they haven't had that kind of production for a while from their defensive ends. So I think Lawson is going to be able to step in and really do a good job to you know to make things happen. Now the Bengals also added a really good pass rusher from the New Orleans Saints. And remember, his name was Trey. Henderson or Henderson, uh, obviously the Bengals were going to do that because Lawson, you know, was taken by the Jets. So that was a good move for the Bengals. Um, Shaquem Griffin is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, cornerback from Seattle. I'm kind of surprised that Seattle didn't match the offer or tried to match the offer, um, but Griffin you know, goes to a situation where, you know, Urban Meyer, the connection there, and that Jaguars defense definitely needed some kind of, like, uh, you know, production there in terms of, like, cornerback help because they, you know, let's not, let's not forget that, you know, they used to have Ramsey. They used to have Ramsey and, Boy, you know, A.J. Boy there, and things have really changed a, a lot for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that was a good signing as well. And then overall, I'm happy the Giants were able to re-sign Leonard Williams uh, to a deal. Definitely need to keep him as he was one of our best players on defense last year. Uh, we did lose Dalvin Tomlinson, which is, you know, not to happen. But uh, I like what the Giants have done. The Jets made some good moves early on. Um, and then you look at the rest of the league. You know, the Rams were smart to keep Leonard Floyd after he really had a big-time season with them and really contributed to that number one defense for the Rams last year. And so, you know, looking at it, you know, Cleveland also added a really solid safety. You know, a really solid safety uh, from, you know, from the Rams, pretty much. And Cleveland... It's all about probably trying to get their defense up to speed. Um, because, like I said, their defense was pretty good last year, but it did lack that kind of, like, coverage kind of... De- you know, like, with Denzel Ward needs help. Uh, and I'm not saying in a bad way, but, like, that Browns secondary, that Browns defense, it's got to get better and better. They showed some good signs last year. They, they just were one play away from, like kind of stopping Mahomes or you know making something ha- you know giving, giving the ball back to the Brown you know to, to Baker Mayfield in that game 
Um, but that defense definitely needs some playmakers. And Johnson definitely is going to provide that uh, for sure. So you look at it, I mean, the Saints obviously resigned Jameis Winston. So we're going to expect a quarterback competition from Taysom Hill and um, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Should be a really interesting one for sure. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, like it just seems like Bill Belichick was on a mission to get back at Tom Brady or get back to the postseason with the moves that he's made. Uh, they're definitely gearing up to do something big time. Um, but it comes down to Cam Newton. It comes down to Cam Newton, how he does ultimately. Um, and that's what's going to come down to. It's going to come down to how this offense looks when all the pieces are together. Uh, other than that, I mean, there will probably still be some other deals that are going through um, that, you know, are going to be you know talked about. Richard Sherman's next destination uh, should be an interesting one. I think um, you could definitely see him join a contender or possibly join two teams that he has connections to. And that would be, you know, with the Raiders or the Jets. And there's still some good corners available as well, like William Jackson at third. I'm surprised he hasn't got signed yet. A very solid player. Uh, like, like I said, just like Carl Lawson um, for the, you know, the Jets, like, you know, William Jackson is someone who can cover and do a lot of good things um, in the secondary. So it's going to be unique how things play out. I mean... I do think that a team that I'm kind of surprised that hasn't been that active um, or hasn't really done much yet, uh, and the team that I'm thinking of, like, and there's a couple of teams I could probably mention, um, but, you know, a team like the Minnesota Vikings, I mean, I would have expected them to kind of go after a couple more people. I mean, they do have a good group of, you know, guys on offense. But defensively, like, re-signing some players are not going to cut it. I think they really need to go and get William Jackson at third, to be honest. I think they need to get a cornerback in there. Um, or they need to make some moves to their linebacking court there. Um, because Mike Zimmer needs to have a good year this year or else things are going to go downwards for the Minnesota Vikings. So I, I really believe that because Zimmer's been there for a long time and that defense was once really good and they need to get back to that level. And I don't know as presently constructed if they're going to be able to do a whole lot of things um, to make it better. And like I said, the division itself is going to be really, really interesting. Um, for sure. I think the Chicago Bears are another team that kind of surprised they haven't really acted yet. Uh, you know, they should be trying to be more aggressive uh, than just having Allen Robinson there. They, they, they got to do more um, to get some weapons on that team uh, to help that defense out. You know, so they got to figure out their quarterback situation um, and, and get it done. And then... One of the signings that I didn't get to that just kind of crossed my mind 
the Washington football team signing Ryan Fitzpatrick to a one-year deal. Now, I firmly believe that Fitzpatrick would have been a good backup to a team that, like the Steelers or you know some, somewhere else. Um, but Fitzpatrick joining the Washington football team is really, really interesting. Um, I'm not sure what Washington is really doing at quarterback. Not that Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't like good, but you know, it, it feels like the they don't really know what they want to do at the quarterback position, and that's because maybe Ron Rivera doesn't really see a good crop of quarterbacks, maybe, or he wants to wait it out. Um, that defense is ascending, and Fitzpatrick will step in there and probably do a good thing, but. If the Washington football team cannot get a wide receiver there alongside McLaurin, I don't know why they signed by Fitzpatrick. Now, this doesn't mean that Fitzpatrick will be the starter in 2021 for the team. They could still make a move for one of these young quarterbacks that I mentioned before um, when I was previewing quarterbacks that could be on the move this year. Um, so I really hope they know what they're doing because Fitzpatrick is a good player he still said he has a lot lot to play a lot to show and i have no doubt he'll do well but i'm not buying them as, as a um, as a team that can contend for a super bowl championship or for the postseason with ryan fitzpatrick i don't think they can go very far with ryan fitzpatrick like i said people are underestimating how much the giants are going to be better next year how much the eagles may be next year depending on how they address their quarterback situation. And we cannot sleep on the team that I don't really like, and that is the Dallas Cowboys, Prescott. So there was a comment on ESPN by Mike Greeny, who's a Jets fan. And I like Mike Greeny, he's a great player, but he made the suggestion that maybe Fitzpatrick is the best quarterback in the NFC East. And I do not believe that one bit. I think he is definitely up to something (laughs) no good coffee or something was messed up because I don't believe Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than anyone in the NFC East. I don't think he's better than Daniel Jones. Man, maybe I'm being a little bit biased, but I don't give, give a damn about it. I don't think that he's better than Prescott. So that's a really uh, an absurd take by or suggestion by Mike Green, Mike Greeny, uh, Greenberg. You know, Daniel Jones obviously had a tough time, you know, getting to be healthy, and he's, but he's younger. He's gonna do much better things uh, in the second year with Jason Garrett. And as good as Washington is, like I said, the NFC East is always competitive. There's no guarantee that the Washington Football Team is gonna be back in the same position next year. And let's not forget that the Giants beat the Washington Football Team twice last year. So. Until proven otherwise, I'm going to stick my ground on that and say that Daniel Jones, I'll definitely take Dak Prescott and, and, and Daniel Jones over Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right now, no disrespect to Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he's done some really great things throughout his career, but he is not the answer to the Washington football team long term. So they better have a plan um, because, you know, He's not going to be able to play like many, many seasons the way that, you know, Drew Brees or Tom Brady is playing. So that remains to be seen how it all plays out. But overall, definitely some really good signings all, all across the board. 
Um, obviously, there will be those teams that did overpay for some players, and those players that they, they, they overpaid for, hopefully they come through and make a difference. Um, but, you know, look at Washington, look at Chicago. You know, they've they got to do something. They got to do something to really, you know, build upon what they had uh, last year, especially Washington, as I said. And then, I mean, you look at the Denver Broncos. Um, I'm happy they kept Von Miller there, and they got Ronald Darby, the cornerback. Um, I really don't know what they can do do with Drew Lock. I mean, I think they should give him a shot, um, but I think their focus has to be obviously of trying to be much better, in, you know, in terms of their defense and having like guys who can really step up and play well. So. Von Miller coming back is a huge deal to that defense. Uh, they've got to get good cornerback play. I think that's been hurting them a lot. Um, and they got to address that as best as they can. Now, in terms of the other players that are next to probably be signed, um, I think we're going to see some more wide receivers get signed. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay is still a name that is really good. Juju Smith-Schuster is there, uh, as I mentioned before. There are some other good ones out there as well that teams really have to consider. The 49ers. The 49ers, um, they have been interesting so far this year in, in free agency. I mean, they haven't done much other than re-sign one of their cornerbacks. Um, you know, they weren't able to keep Kendrick Bourne, so... They lost him to New England. So, you know, if they really want to be back and competitive next year, I mean, look at the NFC West. You know, Seattle has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The Cardinals have, you know, Hopkins there, along with, uh, you know, Christian Kirk and a couple of other players. Uh, you look at the Rams, they still got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Van Jefferson. Look at the 49ers, and yes, they have Diablo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, but I think they need to address uh, another, they need to get another wide receiver in my mind. And I think they got to get one that can really be an impactful number one wide receiver in my estimation.